الحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا قيما لينذر بأسا شديدا من لدن ويبشر المؤمنين الذين يعملون الصالحات أن لهم أجرا حسنا ماكتين فيه أبدا وينذر الذين قالوا اتخذ الله ولدا ما لهم به من علم ولا لآبائهم كبرت كلمة تخرج من أفواههم إن يقولون إلا كذبا فلعلك باقع نفسك على آثارهم إن لم يؤمنوا بهذا الحديث أسفا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وإليه تصير الأمور وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا فهو الرحمة المهداء والنعمة المصداء والسراج المنير اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله الأطهار وأصحابه الأخيار ومن اتبع سنته وسار على نهجه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد فيا أيها الإخوة المؤمنون سلام الله تعالى عليكم ورحمته وبركاته قال الله تبارك وتعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد مكناكم في الأرض وجعلنا لكم فيها معايشة قليلا ما تشكرون صدق الله العظيم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said we have established you in the earth and have appointed for you forms of life but little thanks do you give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is here reproaching us with what really is the central reproach of the human condition he gives so much the immensity of the universe is all his gift none of it is for any other order of creation, it is for us. <coughs> and how little do we give thanks? The more we discover about it, the less we seem to understand it. The more amazed we are by the beauty of it, by the order, by the depth, the harmony, the precision, by the stately procession of, of space and time, the less able we seem to give thanks. This is the modern condition, but it's hardly new. The modern mind is the mind of Fir'aun, but the mind of Fir'aun is old, old human beings have always had that capacity. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala complains of us, قَلِيلٌ مِنْ عِبَادِيَ shakur. Few amongst my servants is he who really gives thanks, regularly gives thanks. <coughs> but he has told us, and shukr is an important principle in his book, that if we do give thanks, he will give us more. in shakartum. If you give thanks, I shall certainly give you more. This is the emphatic form of the verb in Arabic. If you give thanks, I shall certainly give you more. This is his generosity, and this is his promise. And we see the Anbiya and the Awliya and the great ulama of this, of this religion were people of shukr. They were shakirin. Now, we find the perfect example of this in the seerah of the loved one, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was shakir, grateful for the blessings of his Lord. <coughs> Despite the fact that of this dunya in its immensity and of the treasures of the earth, he had so little and cared for it so little, he was the most thankful of men. Beautiful, famous hadith. Ata' 
radiallahu anhu, this is Ata bin Abi Rabah, one of the great narrators of hadith, who spent much time with the holy widow Aisha, radiallahu anha, and she was widowed for more than 50 years, during which time she narrated and she narrated and she narrated. So Ata asks Aisha, radiallahu anha, one day, What's the most extraordinary thing that you ever saw of Allah's Messenger for Bekat? And she wept. And she said, And what part of his life was not extraordinary, was not amazing? And then she tells him one narrative which becomes. An important principle, a rukun, a basic pillar for our belief in the importance of shukr. But one night, they were together, and the Holy Prophet wasallam says, Yabnata Abi Bakr, a daughter of Abu Bakr. And then he says, Darini Rabbi, let me worship my Lord. And she says, I love to be near to you. But I prefer your wishes to mine. And so she gives him permission and he stands up and performs his wudu. Look at this beautiful adab lesson for how husband and wife should be. She gives him permission and he stands and makes his wudu. And then he prayed. As he prayed, he wept so that his tears flowed upon his chest. <laughs> and he continued like that until Bilal came and gave the adhan for subh. And she said, O Messenger of Allah, why is this? And, he said, and she said, why so much when Allah has forgiven you all possible sins? And he said, Ya Aisha, shall I not be a thankful servant? Was it not to me that was revealed the words, and then he narrates the great verses from the Khawatim Ali Imran, in the Fikhalki Samawati wa Ard, Wahtilati Lady Wan Nahar, the Ayati Libudim Al Bab, in truly in the way the heavens and the earth are created, and the succession of night and day are signs for people who understand. Alladiniat Kuruna Laha Piyama, Wakuruda, Wahala Junubihim, Wayat Kakaruna Fikhalki Samawati wa Ard. Those who remember their Lord standing and uh, sitting and on their sides and think of the way in which the heavens and the earth are created. And this is a hadith that we remember when we think about the meaning of this, this beautiful ayah. Now, again, the hadith repays long meditation. There's two episodes of tears in it. We wonder why. She is weeping when she's asked this question, what's the most amazing thing you ever saw your husband do? She weeps. There's a soft-hearted, spontaneous, natural, infinitely sincere people. She's natural. She weeps. Why? Well, the commentators say because she misses him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was a real love story. 
But there's another reason, which is given later on when we find the Holy Prophet weeping. He's weeping in the prayer. Why? It's not sin that is making him weep. Why? Weeping, tears, a sign of distress, a sign of absence, a sign of loss. Why is he distressed? What has he lost? Well, the secret of this is that it is tears of joy and gratitude and not tears of distress. Commentators, when they look at this, uh, relate another story, which is a story of the Bani Israel from long ago, and inshallah there's benefit in it. One of the prophets of the Bani Israel was walking and marra bi hajar, and he passed a stone, and from this stone there was a kind of uh, spring flowing from on or underneath the stone. He was amazed at this. And Allah gave speech to the stone. And the stone explained why, as it were, the stone is weeping. I remembered Allah's saying, Heaven's fuel will be men and stones. So give me protection. And so the Prophet prayed. And and Allah gave the stone protection. And then he passed the same stone after a while. The stone was still producing the spring. The spring was constant. And the stone replied, The first were tears of fear. And these are tears of gratitude. And these were the tears of the Holy Prophet. So often we find him weeping or his eyes becoming uh, moist in the hadith, very often, which is surprising to us, for men in particular, regarded as something that's not virile, but he was the most virile of men, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a great warrior, but he would weep. And sometimes it is through bereavement, through sorrow, through loss, and his son dies, and Ibrahim. Sometimes it's for joy, and when he is worshipping his Lord in the depths of the night, when he could be with his beloved wife, and the tears come, it's not for sorrow, but it's for joy, and it's for shukr. Now, this principle of shukr is something that really is, in a sense, the same as the principle of iman itself. Holy Prophet, والسلام, benefits us by giving us this particular ayah in connection with this. And there is, in fact, so much in the Qur'an that inspires gratitude. We're not very grateful, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us much. His hands are spread out. And it's this verse in uh, early Imran, truly in the way the heavens and the earth are created in the succession of night and day. In other words, the cosmos, the universe in its smallness and its immensity and its symmetry and its colors and its, its beauty, signs for people of understanding. And then the prayer comes, the natural response to this is shukran munan, to see that all of this has a source and to see the beauty and the balance of it. And naturally, the believer, when he sees the world with a humble heart, not with the arrogant heart of Fir'aun, but when he sees the world with a tender, sensible, humble heart, he will overflow with gratitude. That's the natural response to so immense a gift. And thus was the heart of the Holy Prophet absolutely overflowed with gratitude. Now in a building like this, some of the things that they study are to do with cosmology and physics and the origins of the universe and big stuff, string theory and, and the rest. Just consider some of the things that they've looked at which they haven't yet sort of attempted to theorize. Physical constants, for instance. You see, universe, well, our 
awareness of how physics works is a lot more sophisticated than it's been in the past, but still the basic problems have not been solved. Physical constants, maybe 25, 30 of them in the world that are just givens. You don't ask where they come from. You don't ask how gravity was set at a particular force. It just is. And it's a constant throughout the galaxies. Gravity is the same thing. And any adjustment to gravity would create a very different universe. A significant adjustment would make the universe impossible. Stars couldn't form, planets couldn't form, um, and so forth. Look at the constant, and Fred Hoyle, who is connected to this university, uh, astronomer and cosmologist, uh, used to reflect on this, that the hydrogen nucleus, the most basic thing in the universe is that hydrogen atom, very, very simple. The force that binds, that, 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 that pertains to the nucleus of the hydrogen atom, if it was increased by only 2%, then, to use their technical jargon, it would not fuse into helium, it would fuse into something called a diproton. And if you can't have hydrogen fusing into helium, you can't have stars. There's not going to be stars, which means the universe is going to be really different and probably impossible. Just 2%, let alone what it could be. 10,000%. 2%, there is fine-tuning. Scientists themselves, they speak of fine-tuning. The universe is fine-tuned. Martin Rees, professor of astronomy at this university, has books on this. The university is fine-tuned. Well, that's a passive participle. It's my mouth older. Is there an active participle? Hmm? Is there a fine-tuner? Well, that's not the business of the <coughs> physicists. Not yet, anyway. They're looking at the facts that there are these constants. Fred Hoyle also says... The emergence of proteins, primitive proteins, randomness, chance, very, very, very unlikely. So he says in one of his books, the likelihood of a random universe producing just a simple, a single simple protein molecule is statistically about the same as, he says, if you have a whole star system and it's full of blind people and they all simultaneously solve Rubik's Cube at exactly the same moment. It's that many zeros of improbability to produce just one simple protein molecule. The emergence of life, they come up with grand theories, they didn't understand it. The emergence of matter, the fine concept, really, they haven't understood it. This is where metaphysics comes in. This is where the deep questions have to be left to religion, to faith, to that deep part of us that contemplates the world and says, Subhanak, Glory to you, you have not created this in vain. And this is the basis of shukr and the basis of iman. And the opposite of shukr in the Arabic language is Kufr. Kufr doesn't even mean unbelief. The kuffar are not really the infidels as the media like to present them as. No, the kufr is ingratitude. Looking at the gifts and not having that basic impulse to say thank you. Now the ulama, just to conclude this discussion, looking at this, and it's obviously pretty fundamental that we should be shakirin, people of constant gratitude, have said the, the, there's basically three stages to it. If you want to benefit from this principle, which is the basic engine of religious faith itself, first of all, know what's out there, understand it, look, microscopes, telescopes, the mysteries of human relationships, beauty, poetry, Shakespeare, the, soul, the whole improbability of the cosmos. That knowledge then leads on to the desire to give thanks and the joy. This is the joy that makes the Holy Prophet, Sallallahu weep in the middle of the night, that carries him through those long, dark hours of prayer, the joy of gratitude. And gratitude not for the thing that you're given, not to the thing you're given, or happiness in the thing you're given, but to the donor. If somebody gives you the thing that you've always wanted, 
the latest iPhone or whatever. <coughs> You're really overcome with gratitude, directed to the donor, not to the thing itself, which in that moment of happiness you may not even notice much. Overcome with gratitude, maybe tears of gratitude will come to your eyes. And then the third uh, thing that we need to think about to make, to make sure that this is working for us is what we do about it. Powerful emotion, gratitude, joy, euphoria, so much that it can make you cry, what do you do about it? Well, it happens automatically, and this is the test, according to the Olama, of the authenticity of our shukr. Mm? They say, it fills you with so much joy that each part of you gives thanks. So parts of your body, they're doing things that are inherently beautiful. You're really ashamed, uh, ashamed to do things that could be discourteous to the one who's giving you these gifts. So they talk about shukr al-aynayn, and shukr al-udhunayn, the gratitude of the eyes, the gratitude of the ears. Gratitude of the eyes is that you don't notice people's faults. You're not that kind of person, you just don't see the faults. The gratitude of the ears is that you never hear anything bad about people. You never pass on rumours and backbiting and snide stories. You're not that kind of person. Shukr has protected you from those lower possibilities. That's a great gift. And that's how, they say, we contest to see if this is sincere within us. Are we kind of delighted when we hear bad stories about other people? Mm -hmm. Do we like to read Hello! magazine to see what the celebs are doing and all of their bad relationships? Do we get off on that? It's a very ugly modern habit. No, that's, that's a sickness. To learn about people's divorces and their strange things. Not, not healthy, not good. Instead, the person who is shakir, who is grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has this love for al-bashariya and this respect for creation. Doesn't see the faults of others and also doesn't like to hear about the faults of others. This is important for us because often we become an ummah of blaming tittle-tattle, unhappiness, ingratitude. So much we are given. We complain about the modern world. It gives us some things that you know, are not so bad. The dentists are a lot better than, say, they were a thousand years ago. There's compensations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always generous. He doesn't stop being generous. His name, Karim, is constant. And our shukr should be constant. So all of these complaints, all of this grumbling, all of this anger, <coughs> satisfaction, vengefulness, is from a lack of shukr. And it's the complete opposite of the maqam of the Holy Prophet وسلم, who had so much love for his Lord that he, was, he would cry with joy and gratitude the Islam that brought real sa'ada, real happiness despite his poverty, such joy that a rich man could never know <coughs> carried him through those long uh, hours just of obedience and gratitude to his Lord despite the fact that there were no sins to be atoned for so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to see the world correctly not with the eye of the ego but with the eye of the heart so that we can truly drink this, this blessing of correct vision, of gratitude, of shukr, and so that we can become ethical and beautiful shakirin, insha'Allah. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha li wa lakum wa li sa'ijil muslimin inna muhuwa al-ghafoorul rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, ar-Rahmani rahim maliki yawmiddin, ashadu an la ilaha illallah, al-maliku al-haqqul mubin, محمد رسول الله صادق الوعد الأمين أصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله فإنه خير الزاد وإياكم مختثات الأمور فكل مختثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار واعلموا أن الله قد أمركم بأمر عظيم أمركم بالصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين فقال جل ثناؤه إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما
اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم إنا نسألك رضاك والجنة ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عالم السر منا لا تتك الستر عنا وعافنا وعف عنا وكلنا حيث كنا يا ذا الجلال والإكرام أمتنا على دين الإسلام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام أمتنا على دين الإسلام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام أمتنا على دين الإسلام ووافق الله مولاة أمور المسلمين إلى العمل بكتاب الله وسنة خاتم الأنبياء والمرسلين عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون